Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. Krista, yep, about Krista who has been in the hospital, um, like, because, and on bed rest, um, because uh, she's pregnant, and we've talked about Krista and her pregnancy, and she had some major complications, and um, God, throughout the last couple of months, has been healing her and healing the baby to where she was actually released to go home, and which is just amazing because they thought that they were going to have to deliver the baby early. Um, they thought that the baby was going to have like a really small chance of survival, and like they beat all the odds. And for her to go home before the baby was born and for her to be scheduled to go full term is a miracle. I mean, it really is a miracle of God at work. And so I just want to open with that good news and just praise God for that. And so... Um, yeah, and then Chris, um, I don't know if you guys know, but Chris, he works at the place where the shooting was um, in Middleton this past week, and he was not there when that happened. And so, I mean, just God's protection and God's grace um, over that family right now, um, just a lot to be thankful for. Um, so I want to celebrate that this morning. Um, it's a lot of good news. Um, and I just also want to um, talk about that we are in a season of transition Right now, um, we're kind of in our final two weeks of meeting here in this space before we transition um, into Park Street. And so um, what, we're, <coughs> what we've got going on is that last time at the meeting, we said that we would be forming a transition team. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that we've made invitations to people to be a part of that team. Um, we're still <coughs> waiting to hear back from some uh, to know um, who all will be on that team, but we hope to be able to get a meeting started this week and then to be able to meet for four kind of weeks. And so um, when we know for sure who's on that team, I'll let you guys know, so that way you guys can have conversations together as that team. Um, and it's a team from both uh, West here and a team from Park Street as we combine together to know how to combine well. And so we want to continue to still listen. We want to continue to still hear ideas as we make this transition um, from this place uh, to, to where we meet together um, at Park Street as one church. So um, next week, as we have our... <coughs> final service here at the Senior Center, um, one of the things we want to do is we want to just let it be a celebration service. So, um, Julie, I haven't talked to you yet, but you're the worship leader, so we would, we'd like just a little bit more worship next week, so we can talk about what that looks like. Um, and then we also want to do a potluck, because potlucks are just one of the things we do. We celebrate well with food. Um, and then I also want to, um, to have you guys share what God has been doing. How has God been faithful? And we're going to talk about this kind of at the end of the sermon a little bit, but how has God been faithful? How has God um, really shown up in this community for the last 14 years? I want to hear stories of celebration, stories of God showing up, and just your experience and how God has blessed you and blessed your family, and how you've seen God work through this community um, as we've existed here in Verona. Um, for that time, because I believe that God has been faithful and God has been good, and we want to celebrate those things. I also want you guys to come with your prayers and anticipations for the next season that God is leading you in. Um, whether that season is continuing with us um, over to Park Street and, and <laughs> the combination of the communities together, the hopes and dreams and prayers that you have as those two communities come together and we form a new community together, or if you're leaving us, what hopes do you have that God is doing inside of you and what community God is going to lead you to next? I want to be able to just pray together and share stories together. And so that's what we're going to do next week because I'm going to give this like a really small talk, but I really want you guys to be able to just have a space to celebrate what God has done and what God is doing. All right? So 
that's, uh, that's what we're going to do next week. This week, um, we're just going to have uh, a sermon that I believe that, that God has put on my heart just around transition. And so as we enter into that, I just want to pray for us and pray that God's hand would be on us um, and that his spirit would speak to us this morning. So let's pray. Dear God, we praise you for Krista. We praise you for the work that you're doing in her and the testimony that you have, the testimony to the doctors, to the nurses, to the, to the staff at the hospital who said, like, this is the percentage. And, and for them to be able to, <laughs> to check her out of the hospital on Friday, God, that, we just praise you for the work. And she's going back to work on Monday to just continue like a normal pregnancy, God. God, we just pray that you would be with her, that you continue to protect her, that you'd allow the baby to continue to grow healthily in her. And God, we thank you for the healing that you've done inside of her. God, we thank you for Chris and the protection that you gave him on Friday um, for having a day off. And uh, God, we just celebrate you and the work that you've done. We celebrate you and the work that you've done just around births in this community, God, around the families and the babies that you have brought uh, to this community um, through your grace and through your mercy and through your compassion on hearing our prayers, God. God, we celebrate those things. And God, we come to you in the season of transition um, with just mixed emotions. Some emotions of excitement, some emotions of sorrow and sadness, some emotions of like fear and excitement mixed together. And God, I just pray that you'd meet us there, wherever we're at this morning, in that. And that you'd be faithful to us. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, like I said, we, we're in the season of transition. We're ending a season where God has brought life, where God has been faithful, where God has brought community and joy and salvation, and we're transitioning to a new season where we're praying that God will continue to bring life, joy, opportunities for new and surprising community, and for the gospel and salvation to continue to spread, all right? And so we want to acknowledge God has been faithful in the past, and we trust that as we walk through this transition, that God will continue to be faithful and that he's doing new things among us and that the work of the kingdom and the work of God will just continue to spread throughout this community, throughout this church, and wherever we find ourselves. Because at the end of the day, the church isn't a gathering place, but it's a people. And we're united and we're a church united by the Holy Spirit together wherever we go, wherever we scatter. And so the thing about the church is that we're gathered and scattered together throughout the week. We scatter and then we gather together um, through meeting places called the church throughout on Sunday. And the reality is that we're the church that God is calling us out to live and be to our communities and to our friends and to our neighbors. And so that's the call that we have in this season of transition. And the season of transition that we find is that God is incredibly faithful. Think about any transition that you've walked through. God is so faithful. And transition's difficult. I mean, there's a number of emotions that happen through transition. You can be excited through transition. You can be hesitant through transition. You can have this kind of mixed fear of excite, this mixed emotion of excitement and fear as you transition. But the reality is that transition often provides an incredible opportunity for us to see God's faithfulness as we walk through it. Because there's nothing like transition that says, I don't know what's next. I'm not in control. I don't know what's going to happen. And so you have to surrender yourself to the process that is transition. And when you walk through it and look backwards, you'll see, wow, God was faithful through that. Even if it's difficult, even if it's painful, even if it's exciting and full of joy, 
the, the fruit of transition um, is often seen and can be celebrated and be praiseworthy, and we can look back and be like, man, God is faithful. And the reality is that even though we as a community, as a church, are heading towards transition and we're moving through it, the reality is that you and I, we're in transition all the time. Like, we're never in this place where we're just like rooted, <coughs> sitting solid, stagnant. I mean, if we are, then I question if we still have a pulse. But the reality is like throughout life, we are in this state of constant transition, of never arriving there. It's like, are we there yet? And the answer is always like, nope, it's still out there. And we're always moving, we're always growing, we're always transforming. And this is the kingdom of God at work inside of us, moving, growing, transforming. I remember when I moved to Madison, I went through the transition where I'd moved five times in a year, and I moved to Madison, and I didn't know anybody. And it was the first time in those five times where I moved to a community where I knew no one. I was mixed with excitement and fear of opportunity and loss of relationships that had passed and new relationships that I was yet looking to form. And it was one of the hardest transitions of my life. But when I look back on it, God was so faithful. God was so present to me. And I'm so thankful that he walked me through that transition because I'm still here six years later. And I'm thankful for God and all the transitions that he's even led me through in the last six years to still be here. And he's going to lead us through this transition as well. The thing that we find throughout scripture is that transition is everywhere throughout the Bible. And God is incredibly near to his people and faithful to his people when they walk through transition. So just think about it. There's the transition that happens in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin, and God has to transition them from the garden into the world. But God is there. He's near and he's faithful to them. He gives Adam and Eve clothing. He gives them a name. He commissions them out into the world. There's transition from the world into the ark with Noah. And then there's transition off the ark back into the world. There's transition from Egypt and being slaves into the desert. There's transition from the desert into the promised land. There's transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. And you and I will even experience transition from this life to the next. And God is faithful and he's present to all of it. And so when we look at transition, when we look at how God leads his people through, through it and how he's faithful and near to it, there's kind of four things that I want us to see that's true about all forms of transition that God walks his people through. And so the first thing is, is that God offers people hope. He offers us hope as we walk through transition. Let's look at Moses, for example. As Moses is about to lead his people from Egypt into the desert, and through a massive transition where God taps Moses on the shoulder, Moses is like, yeah, not me. You got the wrong guy, God. This is not what I want to do. This is not where I want to go. And God's like, yes, but... I want you to go there. I've got my hand on you. I've got a plan on you. And he leads Moses with hope. And so Exodus chapter 3, this is what God says to Moses to give him hope. He says, Surely I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey, a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Presbytes, the Hevetites, the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have heard their oppression, 
which the Egyptians have oppressed them with. So God says, look, I hear their cry. I hear where you're at. And guess what? I'm going to give you a vision and an image of hope of where I'm going to lead you, of where I'm going to take you. We also see this happen with Joshua. We can go to Joshua. Joshua is leading a massive transition from the desert. They've been in the desert for 40 years, and it's an entirely new generation. It's the offspring of those who God had led through transition into the desert. It's now their children and their offspring that God's now leading from the desert into the promised land, and he's with Joshua. And this is how he gives Joshua hope in this situation because their enemies are still there. The land is still filled with adversaries. It's still a hard transition to walk through. And he says this, he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness to Lebanon, for as far as the great river from the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. Just like as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And so God is giving Moses, not Moses, Joshua, hope for the transition that he's about to lead them through. And the reality is that God has given us hope through his son, Jesus, for all transition, for all states of life, for all states of being, through his son, Jesus. And then in Romans chapter 5, Paul identifies this hope. This hope that you and I get to have, that we get to experience and live out today and hold firm to through all transitions of life. This is what he says. He says, therefore, we have been justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. We have been justified and we've been redeemed. We've been reconciled back to Jesus. We have relationship with our God. Things as God has always intended have been put back into its proper place. And he says this, through him we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. God has given us hope to live into the future with, to live in right now, wherever he is taking us, wherever he is leading us. Because whether we're moving and transitioning to Park Street or whether you're transitioning and looking for another community from this place, like we're all going through transition together. And we all need hope as we enter into that transition. And the hope that he has given us is the hope of the gospel. It's the hope that we've been redeemed and called back to God and that he's put things in its right place. So that's the first thing that God does in transition is that he gives us hope. The second thing that God does is that he defines who we are and whose we are. And so if we go back to Moses and we look at Exodus 3 again, we see God define who he is coming to save and whose they are. And so in Exodus 3.10, God says this to Moses. He says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you might bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, these people that I've heard their cry, they're my people. They are mine. And I'm going to bring them, they're my children, out of Egypt and into Israel. They are my people, they are my 
children. And so he defines them. He gives them definition. He doesn't say that they're slaves. He doesn't say that they're workers. He doesn't define their, their, who they are based on how many bricks they make by the work that they're able to do. He defines them by words like they're my children and they are mine. We see this also with Joshua. When we go to Joshua, he, told, he tells Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. He's saying, Joshua, you know that relationship, that intimate relationship that you saw me have with Moses. I'm going to have that with you. I'm going to be with you through it all, through the thick and the thin, through trial, through good times and bad. I am with you and I am near to you. And when we go into the New Testament and we see who, how God defines us who we are, to go back to Romans again, Romans chapter 8 this time, what we see is that for all who are led by the Spirit, we've received the Spirit of God. We are sons of God. We did not receive a slavery to fall back into fear, but we received the Spirit of adoptions as sons whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we might be also glorified with him. So we've received an identity. Again, that's not built on our works. That's not built on our performance. That's not built about any way that we would define ourselves. But he's saying, look, I'm giving you hope that you have been redeemed and returned back to me. Things have been made right. And I'm giving you a new identity. And that identity is that you're a child. You're my child. And I want to be with you. And I want to do life with you. Sometimes the way that we think of our relationship with God is not with God. Sometimes we think that we need to do stuff for God. Sometimes we think we need to do stuff because of God. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I want to do life with you because you're my child. Just like I want to do life with my son because he's my child. Because he's my son. And I love him and I want to be with him. And so God defines that we are his children. God also gives us definitions, and he says, look, since you're my child, as you go out into the world, people, sh- people ought to know whose you are. You should be my ambassadors. And so it's like you should go and, and stand in the outposts of the world and declare that you are my son and my daughter and invite people into the family. I mean, can you imagine if the U- United States ambassadors if their job was to go out into the world and just like invite people into the world, refugees and people to become citizens of the United States, like what that would do, what that would look like, how that would bring hope to people of the world that could only dream of coming into this country, of receiving the statuses and the privileges that we receive day in and day out. And you'd be like, that would never happen. And of course it wouldn't. It'd be like, it'd be politically impossible. And of course it is. But in the kingdom of God, that is possible and that is happening. And that's what we're called to go do. That's who he's called us to be, is these ambassadors and the outposts to the nations. And so God has given us hope, and he's given us a name, and he's given us an identity that's not tied to what we can achieve or accomplish. The third thing that God does is that he equips his people. He equips his people. So to go back to Moses, Moses, in chapter 4, he said, um, let's see. Moses, he's making excuses. He's like, behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they'll say, the Lord did not appear to you. God's like, I got this one. I'm ready. 
I'm ready to equip you. And then the Lord says to him, what's that in your hand? Moses says, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground. And it became a servant, serpent, and Moses ran from it. So Moses, he's sitting there with a staff. He chucks it on the ground. It turns into a snake. He's like, whoa, snake. And then God's like, all right. He says, pick it up by the tail. Put your hand out and catch it by the tail. So he puts his hand out and he catches it and became a staff in his hand again. And he says, do that so they might believe the Lord their God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he has appeared to you. But again, Moses said to, oh, sorry. And then, then again, the Lord said to Moses, put your hand inside your cloak. So he puts his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out. Behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put it back inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. And so God shows up in power and he equips Moses with power to go to Pharaoh to prove that God is with him and to walk his people through the transition that they are about to face as they transition from slavery into the desert <laughs> to follow God, what God has for them through that transition. God gives Moses power. Now, when Moses shows up to Pharaoh, Moses doesn't show up in his own power because he, he shows up and he throws the, the staff down. It turns into a snake, and that's not his own power. Moses isn't like, look at what I've got. Bam, this is my power. God has given him power, and it's God's given power that's being used through Moses in this time. And so we are being equipped. Moses is equipped with power from God to go and lead the people through the transition that God has for them. In Joshua, God equips them uh, with the law. He says this. He says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to abide to the law my servant Moses has commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left, that you might have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night, so that you might be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then it will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And so Moses, he's equipped with this power. Joshua, he is equipped with the word. He's equipped with the word of God at that time. He's equipped with the Torah and the law. And he's like, look, follow these commands. They're good and right and upstanding commands. This gift that came from Sinai. If you follow these things I've, as I've equipped you with, you will have success through the transition that I am about to walk you through. And so Joshua is equipped. And you and I, we are equipped also with the word and we're also equipped to go into this world with power. Not power of our own, not power that we can go and abuse, not power that we can go and manipulate, but power that is from on high. And when we use it the way that God intends, it brings fruit. And the reality is that I believe that God's power only shows up when, as God intends it to. We can still use our own power and call it God's power, but we're just misrepresenting where that power is coming from. And God intends to use his power through his spirit, through you and I. And so in 2 Timothy, <laughs> Paul says this to, this to him. He says, For this reason I, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you from the laying on my hands. For God gave us the spiritual power, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. 
Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about your Lord, nor me in prison, but share in my suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, again, not because of our power and our strength, but because we've been called to his purpose and grace, which have been given to us through Christ Jesus before the ages even began. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard this good deposit that's been trusted inside of you. So we've been equipped through all transition to go not with fear. I mean, there is this theme of like to get rid of fear throughout the word. I mean, we just read that as we're children of God, as we're called to be children of God, we're to cast off fear. There's this theme that here he says that we were not created to live in fear, but to live in power, to live in love, and to live in (laughs) self-control. And so when we are given power from the Holy Spirit, the power from a high, we are, are to not fear. And we're to use that and steward that well for God and his kingdom. When we've been given this love to go out and share love into the world, we're to do so without fear, which is difficult because to love is to be vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, it's very easy to slip into this place of fear. But in 1 John, God tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect, cast, perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, but whoever fears has not been protected, perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So we've been equipped by the love of the God, love of his spirit, the love of the sacrifice of Jesus, to be able to go and love other people courageously and without fear. And in this place of being equipped, we need to throw off fear. We need to throw off anxiety. We need to throw off worry. And we need to lean into that uncomfortable place that we call faith and trust in the spirit and in God. And when we do that and when we walk through transition, even when the page is blank before us, the beautiful thing about God is that when we turn around, we can see how he writes our story. And we can see how he was faithful through it, through the pain, through the sorrow, through the grief, through the excitement, through the joy, through the anticipation. God is faithful no matter where we're at and through it all. So we have been given a hope. We've been given a name. And we have been equipped with love and with power to go into the world for his kingdom, that his kingdom might continue to spread. I love this parable in Matthew. It's one of the parables that we um, studied through the parable series, but it's just one that's been on my mind as we've been going through transition. And it's this parable of the yeast. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. The kingdom of God is advancing no matter what. The kingdom of God is in this constant state of transition no matter what, and he's calling us to be with him. And the crazy thing about bread and leaven is that you've got to like work it through the dough. You've got to work it. You've got to smash it. You've got to roll it. Like Every passage that we've talked about has something to do with suffering and trials and difficulty that somehow transition and trial and pain like all go together. And when the bread rises, 
the bread to be like, yes, it's rising. And guess what you have to do sometimes? You've got to like beat that bread back down again and knead it again before you get a loaf of bread that's worthy of putting into the oven. But then you've got to put it in the fire of the oven before it comes out and it's able to feed and give nutrition and life. And we see this through Jesus. We see the way that Jesus lives his life. And I believe that this is the the thing that he's called us to do as we walk through transition, when it gets hard, when it gets difficult, to continue to trust, to trust that his kingdom is advancing, to trust in the hope that he's given us from the very beginning, to trust in the name that he's given us, and to trust that we have been equipped. (coughs) Even when we look around and we feel like, I'm not equipped. This is about walking out our faith and stepping into it. And this is why I love transition. Like, I'm kind of weird that way. Like, I love transition in life because it's an incredible opportunity for God to show up and to share his faithfulness and to provide fruit. And so the final thing that we see in all of these situations, the last thing that God calls us to do is to just go do it. Just go do it. He's like, I've given you a hope. I've given you a name. I've equipped you. Now go. Now go and walk through it with courage and with strength, not of your own, but with with the strength and power that I've equipped you with. And so Moses, he goes. He has to show up to Pharaoh where he's a wanted murderer and ask him the absurd question and command to let his people go. And then he becomes this kind of intermediate for this power battle between the God of Israel and the gods of Egypt as they show down through the ten plagues. And then at the beginning of that whole battle, because it's a battle, it's like punch for punch. Like God turns the Nile into blood, the magicians are able to turn the Nile into blood. As God does this, the magicians are also able to do this. It's like punch for punch. And if you're looking at it, you're like, this is really close. But then towards the end, as the <laughs> plagues increase, and as Moses continues to step out in boldness and faithfulness and power that he's been equipped with, not of his own, Moses couldn't do any of this on his own, But through the power of God, God begins to win and God's people get set free and they're transitioned into the desert. With Joshua, Joshua's given the command. He says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God knows the battles. He knows the transitions. He knows the countless places of fear that Joshua is going to have to face. Even the fear of leading a people that he's inherited. He says, go with boldness and fear and do, go with boldness and do not fear. And so Joshua stands up and he does it. And he goes. We too have also been called to go. In John 20, Jesus says, as I have been sent to you, I am sending you out. In Matthew 28, he gives us this great commission. He says, and Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I mean, here in this commissioning, we get the hope. We get the identity of who we are. We get the equipping and how he's equipped us through his spirit. And he gives us this command to go. 
to go as we are going throughout our lives making disciples. And that's what I'm looking forward to as we move forward is how God is growing us in discipleship and how God is calling us to be disciples who are then able to be equipped to go and make disciples. And these four things are true no matter what transition you face. Actually, they're true whether you're going through transition or not. God gives us hope. He equips us. He gives us a name. And he calls us to go. And so, in this season, I have some questions for us. And the first question is, is what is the hope that God is stirring inside of you? in this season of transition? What is he stirring inside of you? What hope is he bringing, bubbling up in your heart? Pay attention to that. How is he revealing to you more and more that you are his son, that you are his daughter, and he wants to spend time with you? And he doesn't want you to have to go out and do things for him. How is that growing inside of you? How has he equipped you to walk in power and to cast off fear. Where are the areas of fear in your life that God is saying, it is time that you let that go. It is time that you stop anxiety and worry and confusion and darkness ruling your life, and you allow the light of my love and the peace of my presence to come and fill you and change the way that you see the world. And how is he calling us to go and walk that out? With the people that he loves around us the people that he has called us to love that are around us. So I want us to pay attention to those things. What is the hope that he's calling you to? How is he calling him, how you back to himself? How is he equipping you and how is he calling you to go? So as we lean into this transition together, I've got hope. I've got a lot of hope. I have a hope that the kingdom of God is advancing. Last week, we heard from Josh that the kingdom of God is advancing throughout the world. And that was encouraging to me. That was really encouraging to me to hear the work of the gospel being proclaimed and being spread out throughout the world and how God is on mission everywhere and that his church is faithful. What I'm excited about is that I believe that God is working within us to be able to expand the kingdom here, that we'd be able to go forward as we, the church, the ways that God has given us talents and gifts and the ways that he's brought us into community. And I'm looking forward to the community that's going to continue to grow as we bring these two locations together. I'm looking forward to the surprising friendships that happen, and the surprising commonalities, and the ways that God will align our talents, and our strengths, and our callings, and our hopes, and our hearts for the city, and how he's going to align those things, and how he's going to send us out into, into new communities, and how he's going to birth new communities around the city, and missional communities. And how we'll be able to reach people that we wouldn't be able to reach otherwise on a Sunday morning. And that God is going to use us where we are with the relationships that we currently have, with our heart's desire that we have to reach people that he has called us to go reach individually, and how we're going to be able to do that together. I have that hope. It's all hope because it's not being realized yet, but I, it's a hope that God is seeding inside of me that's growing inside of me, and that I have a hope and prayer for us as a community to be able to go and walk in. And it's also my hope that we as a church would be able to cast off all fear, all anxiety, all worry, and move forward in the power 
of love and the power of self-control. Because that's what he's called us to do. That's what he's equipped us with to go and do these things. I'm excited for us to, to walk deeper into that together. And so I just want you guys to know that I'm encouraged that God is faithfully at work with us and through us, and he will be with us as we walk forward together in unity. And I just want you to know that God is with us. He's with us no matter where we end up going from next week. And I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to next week and how we're going to spend some time sharing how God has been faithful, sharing how God has brought life, how God is bringing life. And I really, I really want you guys to come with stories of the past and how God has been faithful here. But I also really want you guys to come and share your hope of where God is leading you, whether that's in this community or not. I want you to hear what is God stirring inside of you in this season of transition because I want us to be able to name that so that in a couple months from now we can turn back around and see, man, how has God been faithful to those hopes that he has given us? How has he shown up in surprising and encouraging in new ways that we would have never expected had this transition never come? That's the encouragement that I want to leave you with. And I want to leave you with this final encouragement that our God is the same today yesterday, and he will be tomorrow. In Hebrews, it says Jesus is the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. And it's there in that place in Christ that we can find unity and we can be encouraged that his kingdom is going forth. And I'm looking forward to seeing how God's kingdom will work its way through Madison, will work its way through Verona, will work its way through Epic, will work its way through the relationships that he is creating and cultivating in our lives. And so I'm going forward with hope. And I hope you guys are ready to come together with us as we step into this together. I'm thankful for you guys. And I love you guys. And I know that I'm, I want you to know I'm with you. And more importantly than that, God is with us. And he is with you wherever we go. Let's lean into that hope and that truth this morning. Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are with your people who walk through transition. We thank you that you are the God who leads people through transition as well. And God, we thank you that you are a God who is faithful in transition. And God, we come to you this morning, like I've said already, with excitement and sorrow and grief and maybe a mix of fear and anxiety. But God, we look forward of throwing that off. And God, I just pray that where there is fear, that we would be able to have that removed. Where there is anxiety, that you would bring peace, God, and that we would be able to walk in clarity and power and strength and unity together. God, I thank you for the ways that you've been faithful to this community. I thank you for the life that has come from this place. I thank you for the ways that people have come to know you here in this location, God. And God, I thank you that your church is not a location, but it's a people and it's a community, and that your people and community are united through your spirit. God, I pray that you'd be with us and that you'd guide our steps, that you'd guide our steps through whatever transition stands in our face next, or whatever transition or other transitions that we're going on in life, God. God, give us hope there. <laughs> Equip us there, and give us the courage to walk out life with you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you are present and that you are faithful. 
Lead us into your goodness this week. In your name we pray. Amen.